to Rogue Squadron. To the friends we've lost. The battles we fought. And the utter fear our return will bring to our enemies. Welcome to a very special episode. It is State of the Squadron number two. And if you don't remember, we do the State of the Squadron recap episodes after every book we finished. And so last week, we obviously finished Wedge's Gamble. So tonight, to remind you of your hosts, since we do have a couple, we have a few special guests tonight. We have Saf, Rogue Seven, who would have knuckle tattoos that spell Lou Jane with a heart at the end. So whenever <laughs> any boy tried to say that she doesn't like Star Wars, she can punch him with it. Oh, I love this. I need to do this so bad. You don't already have that? No, but I will. I will. We have Heath, Rogue 3. Oh, hold on. I'm coughing. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't die, Rogue Leader. One sec. God. Water. Water. We we keeping this? Oil can. (laughs) I have no time to edit now that I'm a full-blown math teacher, so... Yeah, we're keeping it. (laughs) This is all staying in. (laughs) We have Heath, Rogue 3, who would have a tramp stamp of Taiko and Poe's name in cursive. Yes. (laughs) Do we know for sure that he doesn't already? I I haven't seen it. It's on the itinerary for this weekend. We'll confirm this weekend. (laughs) We have Danny Rogue Six, who would have a neck tattoo of all the native plants of Ithor. That would be awesome. Oh, no. Yeah, I... it would be. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> and for a special guest tonight, we have Nancy from Tashi Station, who would have Luke's face tattooed onto her hip where her and Brian can both enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> And we have Brian from Tossie Station, who would have a full calf tattoo of a think piece on why Star Wars think pieces are no good. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And from 1138, we have Jay, who wouldn't have any tattoos because it's probably against Imperial dress code. (laughs) Can confirm. Was this inspired by my late night tattoo conversation? No, I didn't even see that until today when I went through your feed to like see what I could steal. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and if you maybe if you haven't seen my back already, but it's a life size tattoo of an Ewok. (laughs) Real life Ewok, but we can't talk about that one yet. Wow. Yeah. We will when we get to Raid Squadron. So. so like I said, tonight is State of the Squadron, and we have our three very special guests. And so I guess we will jump right into it, unless Danny is editing the show notes and putting something in. <laughs> oh. Rogue on question, he just wrote. Yeah. Rogue. rogue on! Get your rogue on! Yeah, we should maybe talk about what's happening tomorrow. 
Um, this Get your podcast, Rogue, on. Rogue One question, will be irrelevant by the time uh, you're listening to this. But at the time of this recording, we have just gotten a 10-second teaser for the Rogue One trailer that's releasing tomorrow. So I just wanted to get everyone's thoughts on all the amazing scenes that we got from Rogue One in that 10-second teaser. <laughs> There's a moisture evaporator. What does it I mean? I know. I saw that. I got very excited when I saw the moisture evaporator. Have you it's written a piece exciting. about it yet? What was that? No. No. I didn't have time to write a think piece yet. Okay. Sorry. Hot take. There's too much nostalgia, but the wrong kind of nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into the helmet. I'm, I'm really into that helmet. Yeah, it looks good. I it saw kind of like, a set photo from Heath and where it's Ahsoka, so I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why they waited until after Rebels was over to release right, the first yeah. season, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because her fate was so up in the air, now we're like bound to see her in this film. Mm-hmm. God, no, no, <laughs> stop. That ain't you. happening. Okay, good talk, everyone. Crazy <laughs> <Good talk. laughs> <Good talk. laughs> So yeah, we, I I guess we'll discuss that next week. The trailer, probably. Huh? Yeah, that'll be a good supplement yeah. to our uh, Poe Dameron talk. Cool. Poe Dameron. Sorry, I'm excited about Poe Dameron. <laughs> How could you not be? I don't know. Okay. okay. All very so. quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't be quiet later when we actually get into the, the meat of it. That's what uh, she said. Meat, huh? <laughs> hey. Is what I said, Heath. <laughs> How dare you suggest that the Rogue One question is not the meat of this podcast? <laughs> the Rogue On question, you mean? <laughs> Rogue okay, on. is the State of the Squadron time yet? Sorry, that's the tattoo I'm getting. Rogon. <laughs> Perfect. So for State of the Squadron, we're going to do a quick rundown first of all the characters we have, because we have a lot, and some of them are actually new for this book. So for the rogues, we of course have rogue leader Wedge Antilles. We have rogue two, Errol Num, who, is the, who was the new like fan favorite for this book. Even though Danny just gets worried all the time. <laughs> I'm still worried. It's fine. It's I don't, fine. I don't believe that everything is fine. <laughs> it's fine. Or is it? Meg Ooh. literally spent this entire book being like, you know, Errol is a Celestin, and they're targeting <laughs> Celestins with the Kratos. You know that, right? That can I, I mean, mean maybe, one she's thing. Hinting, maybe she's hinting something that's happening, or maybe she just wants to raise Danny's anxiety levels. You never know what I do. It's all of these things. Either she way. is a sneaky leader. I am trying to like trick all of you. So, <laughs> regardless, oh, Errol Nub is awesome, and I love that instead of just bringing in Nine Nub, which would have been the easy way to do this, because like he was already a character we knew. They brought in his sister. Like, who, who would have thought? Wait, and she's a sister, right? Yeah, she's a yeah. sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have. I assume Noara Ven is still Rogue Three, and in this book, we got to see the first hint of Noir Venn, attorney at law with his not all humans speech, which was amazing. So good. I would definitely watch a law and order show with Noir Venn. <laughs> yes. D- Danny, can you put in a law and order? Dun dun there. In post? <laughs> you did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we have a rogue for the other newbie, Pash Kraken, who, Pash out! We gave us one of our best new phrases, so thank you, Pash. You didn't actually do much else in the book, but you did that. Besides, like, giving us an awesome hashtag, 
Pash did not his... impress. No. He bought a souvenir for his dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A really great souvenir, by the way. He was He's pretty a thoughtful young man. Why are you giving him such a hard time? I, I still like there's just there'll be more Pash hopefully later. I don't remember, Good. but hopefully and then uh, i mean Pash the one is also who kind of to... on our blacklist right now because he's kind of the reason that Tycho is now on trial so yeah, yeah. I'm so you're Pash. saying Pash is on the outs new meaning i will say Pash gets better yeah Okay. I mean, I already, I already like him, so I'm. I, I always like the characters that don't do anything <laughs> in the background. You're like, yeah, Lieutenant Page is commando, so in there. I love Lieutenant Page. When is he coming back? <laughs> Saf, you appreciate the expanded universe like I do, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do love these random characters that never appear again. Just wait until you write a 450-page fic about some character that only got like five lines in an entire series. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> Blue Jane. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, literally a work in progress. <laughs> and then we have the flower that blossom, blossomed in all of our hearts. Rogue 5, Gavin Darklighter. Yay! <laughs> he very easily became a favorite, this book. Oh, yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> Remember that so, time that he said that he would kill off Gavin in order to have Luke Skywalker <laughs> be in the squadron? <laughs> I did, and at the time, I don't regret saying it at the time. You should. <laughs> I would not say it now. And that's coming from Nancy. It is. At the time, Gavin was very useless. He hadn't done anything. I he would got not say. <laughs> I would not say the same thing about Gavin right now. He was significantly cool cuter than everyone else in the squadron. Does that count for nothing? You need the cute type. Yeah, if the cute one isn't uh, like, is, if the cute one is the first one killed off, then I'm gone. <laughs> Tycho's the justice type, Heath. Yeah. Why not both? (laughs) (laughs) It has to be separate. (laughs) Justice can be cute. Have you seen Captain America? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have. Many times. (laughs) And then we have Rogue Six, Riv Shield, Gavin's BFF, who I would really like to see more characterization from Riv. Yeah, I want a Gavin Riv buddy adventure. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope we get a Riv like little flashback soon, that, like we got for Gavin in this book. That gives his kind of mm-hmm. motivation for being there. Mm-hmm. We have Rogue Eight, Erisi, Delaret, Delaret doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I skip Rogue Seven. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So did this Rogue... book. <laughs> so, Rogue Seven, Rasadi, Yunir, 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 whatever. All the women in this book have terrible last names. Literally, the only thing she did was be arm candy for Nawara. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yep. That's how it is. Yep. But I mean, I'll brain. give her some credit because she was. She was. To very... be fair, to be fair, this book was written in like 1996. So. Oh, that's right. Also, I don't mind being Noir's arm candy. So. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, if you're gonna be arm candy for anybody, <laughs> Noir is the same. Noir's a pretty good like candidate. Noir. Yeah, rocking He's... that brain tail. Yep. Oh no, I don't. I don't <laughs> like it. Call the Leku. Leku. So no. As I mentioned, we did. We have Rogue Eight, Erisi, Delaret, who had some moments in this book. 
the moments already. Moments are one <laughs> I love way to her put so it. much. <laughs> <laughs> I sense Nancy has some strong thoughts. I hate her, you see. <laughs> I hate her so much. Based on very stuff from this book or there. later stuff? Everything. <laughs> Everything ever. And we have... Okay, also my favorite character is Mirak, so there you go. Gotcha. I love them both. I just like every lady. <laughs> Doesn't matter, just every lady. I love them both. <clears throat> and we have Erisys Telboon, I mean Rogue Nine Cornhorn. <laughs> I was so happy when you all got to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, no big deal. And no. Rogue Ten, Oral Quirk, whatever, um, who is still amazing, even though he did not get that much in this book. But he was a hero at the end, so good job, Oral. Yay. And the rogues were still short, so there were still not a Rogue 11 or 12. And the XO, of course, is the beautiful, beautiful. Tycho, and I never pronounce his last name correctly, so I'm just not going to say it. Selchu. Uh, Selchu. For Mike Stackpole, it is Selchu. Is it Selchu? Okay. <clears throat> Look at Brian dropping those names. Of course he would. Like, oh yeah, I've talked to this guy before. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, fancy. You could, hey, you could too if you came to DragonCon, Meg. Well, uh, I could have last year at Emerald City when he was there. So. <laughs> <laughs> you could also have him on the Podron, just yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, no. Any of those things will happen. <laughs> and for support of the rogues, we, of course, have Winky Face M-Tray. <laughs> and the briefly mentioned Verpine Tech Zrai. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I I have to go back to that M-Tray and Tycho fic you read last week. <laughs> the glistening pixel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Muscular arms. <laughs> so good. Glistening pecs. Is amazing. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> but all our other listeners are great too. It's true. Yeah. We love oh, everyone. Yes. Um, Mtray was definitely the hero of Wedge's Gamble. Like we can't even argue that, right? Yeah. It's yeah, true. Maybe not. Mtray saved the day a lot. Yeah. Don't you guys feel bad for talking crap about him in the first book? Nah. No. I didn't. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, he he was right. not. He was not great in the first book. So. He was shifty in that first book. So shifty. I don't I, I it. Pretty sure the only winking that he did in this book was made up by us. So <laughs> Yes, that's true. He's yeah. getting better. Yep. Made <laughs> up by you and your thick writing listeners. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Keep it and coming. <clears throat> for allies of the rogues, we have Mirax Tarek. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I am. We have feels about Mirax. She didn't really do much this book either. Why are we so excited about Mirax? I just am cute. okay. I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's general excitement coming from the folks who have read everything. Gotcha. <laughs> but I haven't read everything. She's an awesome, capable lady smuggler. What more is there you need? She is. And she got to kiss Wedge. It's not my type, but it, she is awesome. She also has some great moments in this book where she like completely figures out Wedge and why he would be in the museum because the pilots are full of ego. So she, she, you know, she she signed shined in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's very smart. All right, okay. She has better deductive reasoning than Corin, Mister Corsac. Wow. There you Who go. Who does not? Corin. And we have Asir Selar, the Bothan from the Martial Academy, who happens Boo. to be on Coruscant. 
sexy, wow. sexy hey. boffin. Hey, she she was pretty cool. She's, she's she a sexy boffin. Come on, not all boffins. <laughs> no, every last boffin. I will not. I will not take trash talking a seer. Not acceptable. Wait, are are Jay and Nancy gonna have a throwdown? <laughs> no. We're just telling Jay. Because Jay that, will agree with me. We're, we're just telling Jay that xenocide is not the answer to everything. <laughs> but boffins are the worst. <laughs> no, Borsk failure is the worst. Jay, uh, you ca- you yeah. can't exterminate every species you don't like. <laughs> and cray cray crayfay, but he's already dead. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's gone. Oh, yeah, cray, cray, was there awesome. is another crayfay though. There is. Yes, oh, I'm so glad that's <laughs> gone for good. <laughs> It's not a spoiler because he's not in this book. Please tell me yeah. that he's like or the series. The other Crayfay yeah. is like the most sane and stable and level-headed character in the entirety of Star Wars. <laughs> he is actually yes. Oh my yes. god, he is. That's awesome. that's amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. <clears throat> Moment of silence for Cray Cray. No. Can we not? <laughs> okay. Okay. Rude. Let's move on. Last ally. Not worth it. In uh, Yuri Forge, the sister yes. of Jane. I love her. Yep. Who was at first not a fan of the rogues, but then turned around when she saw that they all have big hearts. Was so good job. Was it said that she has a shaved head, or is that just like how I picture her in my brain? That's just how you picture her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Full- I have her with like an undercut. Mm-hmm. The only officialish artwork I've ever seen of Anary Forge is like with a ponytail and a blue streak. Oh yeah. I can dig that. I like the blue streak. I'm into it. I'm into her. She's cool. <laughs> of course you're she into dies. Her. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly back in time and <laughs> kickstack falls off. <laughs> I mean you don't have to go back in time, you know. <laughs> He's still yeah, I'm gonna go back in time so he does it and kick his ass in so he knows. Oh I see. Can he we knows. send can we send a full list of grievances with you? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah okay. And this one's for slender waists. <laughs> with your little Jane I, knuckles, I, too. I really hope nobody ever tells Stackpolis. <laughs> this one is for Corin, just in general. <laughs> and of course, course, I, I, oh, I'm sure uh, there are many different figured women in there, but. The problem is we're always seeing this through Corrin's eyes, and he's only drawn to one thing because he's shallow like that. Booty. Sure. It's booty. Maybe he has Corrin <laughs> goggles. He sees all women as slender. <laughs> Corrin <He> goggles. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like Corrin not seeing race. It's just, he doesn't see color. <laughs> Everyone's slender. Oh, Corrin. You're, you're special. <laughs> <clears throat> So, of course, backing up the rogues, we have the members of the New Republic, which includes Admiral Akbar, the Mon Kalahati. <laughs> you came up with that. My favorite thing is the nickname. That's the only reason I do this podcast. I'm kidding. The I, I love it. It seems your appreciation for Akbar is as deep and warm as an ocean tw- trench. It is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, more Akbarisms. So, so good. He was a baller in this book, and I'm very happy for him. Yeah, he was good. And then we have the Elder Kraken, a.k.a. Um, General Iron Kraken, head of the Republic Intelligence. 
Okay, I'm just now making yeah. the connection that a kraken is like a mythical water beast. Yeah. And so I'm yeah, imagining him and Admiral Akbar hanging out together now, and it's pretty great. Wait, you just made the connection. We've been calling him the Elder Kraken for how long? <laughs> <laughs> Danny, we literally made that connection when he was introduced. Now, now, now we don't talked be... about it. Don't uh, be too hard on on the Elder Kraken. He he's done some important things. He he was the gunner on the Falcon during Endor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yeah. we have his action figure. Yep. The Elder Kraken has an action figure? Yes! Is I he need... hot? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, he's kind of okay. old. He well, also has this, this reoccurring journal in, in, the, in the old Star Wars adventure journal called Wanted by Kraken, where he writes hilarious stories on all the criminals he wants to hunt. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> we also have... We were introduced in this book to Winter... Yay! <laughs> Which we all love, Winter. Yes, Winter. She's how, pretty cool. How did she not just Kill take corn? a shot at Corn and just rip his head off? Seriously, because <laughs> she's Winter. She's better than him, and she knows it. She doesn't need to tell him that. No. He knows it too. Deep down. <laughs> Another addition was. Iella with Siri, who we saw name drop before, but now we finally got to meet Corrin's old Corsac partner. I love her. She's, she's really so rad. awesome. Yep. She's, she's rad. And we also have, just because I want to name drop this, we have Captain Elor of the Corsica Rainbow, who is the defected Imperial um, captain who comes to bring the, uh, what's it called? the interdictor over to the Alliance side. So we love that captain because that captain now loves the Alliance. I'm so excited because like in the last book when Lu Jane died and I was like, well, they all ladies I like now there's just a whole bunch of really cool ladies that I'm really excited about. It's really cool. Lots of ladies. And one of the big plot points of this book was that the rogues go to Kessel and free a bunch of Black Sun members to come and mess up Coruscant. So the two big names from there, we had Zekathine, a.k.a. Patches, um, who Ooh. was one of the top honchos of Black Sun before he was put into jail. And also our only major death of this book. Here I yeah. was prepared to yeah. have my heart torn out at every chapter when I started reading these books because everyone said everyone dies. And Zekathine is the only one. <laughs> Sorry we didn't hurt your heart, Danny. <laughs> it's leading us into a false sense of security. The next book is just going to kill us. Uh, yep. Yeah, literally. We've got a bunch more books to go. It's true. You don't even know. <laughs> we also have <laughs> Brian and Nancy have their <laughs> foot so far down their mouths right now. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping quiet. <laughs> We also have the very scary, but still very nice, Fleary Voru, um, who was an old moth and is the only person who can really control Black Sun on Coruscant. His Black only really Sun. shining moment was beating the crap out of Patches with, like, no effort, which was amazing. It was a good moment. Um, yeah, he's. we gotta keep an eye on him. He's gonna become a problem. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take the middle ground there, Meg. <laughs> I'm a definite maybe. So, <laughs> on the imperial side, we of course have our lady Iceheart, who love of my life. 
is the love of Seth's life. <laughs> yep. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Equally terrifying in this book as other books. We have Agent Kirtan Lore, who was not as boring this book. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's such a low bar to clear. But still pretty boring. I mean, yeah. at least he didn't go on for three pages about the X-Wing fuel rate consumption. Oh. You love that part. Oh, I thought <laughs> about that. Fair me. I love <laughs> starfighter discussions and fleet discussions, and I hate those three pages. <laughs> <laughs> and we, of course, have Ever Derricott, who mm. created the Kratos virus and was melting our best friends. Yeah, he can go die. <laughs> Maybe Danny. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he will. <laughs> and we have the, really funny. Yeah. We have the very special Lieutenant Nita, who was <laughs> the hero of the rebellion. <laughs> I have I totally forgot about Lieutenant Nita. I totally <laughs> forgot. And he's so wonderful in this book. He's so wonderful. And that I was, was just, Oh, go ahead. It was that was such a 90s thing to do like to take a character from the movies and give them like a relative a that the yeah. authors could use <laughs> like Gavin Darklighter and Lieutenant Nita <laughs> it happened a lot in the early year <laughs> like here's a name you might recognize yeah right it's like little ways yeah. to keep people like engaged yes it, 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 on a serious note, it would probably was a suggestion from the Bantam editors with the, these set of books in particular, because really the only film tie the book has is Wedge. Yeah. yeah. And our discussion question last week was about Lieutenant Nita. So, Heath, why don't you read those responses? Yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> we asked, what moronic thing did Lieutenant Nita do to get mirror station duty? David Roy said he accidentally used the Emperor's personal bathroom. Oh, can't How that. dare he? How dare he? <laughs> Ian Miller said clearly he offended the Wookiee driver of Hiram Off Mantuin Mantuin III. <laughs> Jay, do you just want to read your own since you're here? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> where it is, but... <laughs> Nancy, you okay over there? How about you read it? Are the show notes open? I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> Jay. Oh, here said, it is. I got it. Sorry. Okay. I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. He made terrible jokes like anyone need a qualified lieutenant on their crew. <laughs> so he was sent to the mirror as punishment. Ah, the worst. <laughs> well done. Well done. So good. No apologies. <laughs> You should not apologize for that. It was really good. Show Wait, said... Lieutenant Nita is Eric Geller? Basically. <laughs> oh, oh, my God! Headcanon, headcanon. <laughs> headcanon. Totally. I am adopting that as my own headcanon. I shall love it and nurture it forever. <laughs> it works in so really many ways, good. too. It's really good. <laughs> um, Show said, I think Lieutenant Nita was at a ball and was bad at dancing and stepped on a VIP's toes Oh, wait, that was Jay. Never mind. <laughs> that was a really good of Dyson Droids reference. Um, tune in this uh, tune in this Saturday <laughs> at 6 o'clock Eastern for a live stream of, of Dyson Droids with the Mercenary team. <laughs> Me and Jay. But yeah. 
then Cho gave a real answer and said Lieutenant Nita was asked to fetch Escaf for higher Grand Moff Mantuin Mantuin the third, and it was half a degree too hot. The higher Grand Moff was most merciful to Nita after his failure. Hassan Escarborough said Lieutenant Nita's guard duty is from taking pictures of Lore and I started getting it in. I assume you meant on Hassan, but. That would I'm so certainly warrant a punishment. Of some so kind. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, raising fangirls said in Nita's room, Tarkin found a rogue squadron swimsuit calendar and a fanfic describing <laughs> <laughs> a fanfic describing corn horns glistening pecs. Rogue Podman <laughs> just went full meta. We sure did. It's so good. So appropriately weird. I love it. Uh, okay, well, let's I, get... I, I have I have an answer. Yeah, Brian oh, and Nancy, yeah. you should answer. I assumed you didn't submit answers this week because you knew you would be on. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Nita has a calendar of uh, hot Imperial defectors, and Tycho's one of them. <laughs> oh. Uh, there, oh, there was calendar. a. There I think was a, meant Tycho is all of them. Yeah. <laughs> no one, like at least one is Captain Elor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't don't count out Captain Elor. Uh, there was a huge scandal with Lieutenant Nita being caught in Corrin's love dungeon. No. Oh, why? Oh, no. Why do we like this? <laughs> hey, why? you set it up on the tee. I just swung the bat. <laughs> Also, Lieutenant Nita has a has a tendency to go around telling people apology not accepted. <laughs> Get out of here, Lieutenant Nita. Is that, is that like a genetic predisposition? Yes. Yeah. He apologizes for things that things that aren't his fault. He's Canadian. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow. Andy, Lieutenant Nita. Eh? I don't think he apologizes for anything. No, <laughs> Lieutenant Nita. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so good. Okay. To all of the Rogue Podron listeners, we apologize that you're now leaving this show forever. Nancy and I accept this blame. Hey, Jay is on this time, too. You're all terrible, but so are we. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I You're think fitting people, right in. I think they know what to expect by now. Yeah. I think after a few of the episodes we've had this season, <laughs> they know what to expect. <laughs> we we've established a personality. Yeah. yeah. I, I demand more dramatic readings with trashy saxophone music in the background yes. next season, by the way. So okay. good. So good. I'm sure we can make that happen. <laughs> Absolutely, we can make that happen. <laughs> I love how everyone who doesn't do the editing is guaranteeing this right now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say anything. Danny for sure can do that for you. Danny, the key is just to not edit. Ever. Just put saxophone music in the back. <laughs> just the whole thing. Just the whole episode. Band. Saxophone music. Very sexy. And speaking of very sexy... <laughs> we're going to do... <laughs> recap of what happened in this book and where does it leave us in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. 
So for the first part of the book, like I mentioned before, the rogues were charged with the mission to free criminals as well as some um, political prisoners from Kessel and free, actually free the prisoner, like the, the good people who are wrongly imprisoned, but then ship all of the criminals off to Coruscant to be a, a thorn in the side of Isard, which I don't know if it actually did that much. We don't actually see it. Maybe they set some fire to some stuff. Who knows? Doesn't matter. <laughs> the rogues then infiltrate Coruscant all on separate ways. So we got to see like Gavin cosplay, which was great. And Eresy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking like JLo. <laughs> it was a great, great all around. <laughs> if you like, I forgot uh, about the JLo Grammy dress. <laughs> <laughs> so, l- little known fact: Gavin and Riv actually go to c- conventions uh, <laughs> when they have time off, and they they work on it all year. Their cosplay for the convention. Uh, Do they cosplay David. each other? Yes. <gasps> oh they. Oh yeah. If you like the cosplay of the pilots in this series, wait till you get to the Wraith books. Oh, so good. There's a lot. There's really good cosplay. Lots of cosplay in this galaxy. <laughs> yes. So good job, cosplayers. You may be developing a skill for later on. <laughs> Yay. Actually, I can say this because it's like takes place in Fate of the Jedi and you guys aren't going to get there forever. Aaron Alston <laughs> actually canonized cosplay in those books. Yes. <laughs> oh my oh, god. It's yeah. amazing. It was That's awesome. It was it was really good. He had like three characters who were scheming and they dressed up as like different characters to be in disguise. It oh was God. wonderful. That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for everything. <laughs> so after the rogues get there and they all end up on separate missions, but of course they all end up together purely through different circumstances. And then they managed to muck some stuff up and eventually take the shields down, which was the ultimate goal of their infiltration. Meanwhile, Isard and company have been working on the Kratos virus and have released it upon Coruscant through the water supply. It only affects some aliens, as we've seen, namely Gamorians, Twi'leks, Solstens, Shistavens, and Corrin. They also want it to affect Bothans, which it probably does. We just haven't seen it in the book yet. The ultimate goal of this is that they want the rebels to take a diseased planet and be torn apart by their ability, their inability to save it. I bet Bothans are immune to every virus. <laughs> that just seems like something they would do. They're just already full of bad blood. It doesn't even yeah. matter. <laughs> what are you guys going to do if there's Bothans in Rogue One? I'm so excited. Cry. I hope there's Heckle. a Bothan in Rogue One. <laughs> I hope we see one in the trailer tomorrow. It'd be amazing. The trailer is just a bothan. That's just all. <laughs> what if you see like the the mask come off and it's a bothan? Many oh, bothans so died to to bring you this trailer. Oh god, yeah. Meg, since you said bad blood, I'm imagining a bothan like karaokeing to Taylor Swift. As the <laughs> Into it, 100 percent. Oh there my for god, okay. yeah. My new head canon is that when Asir gets a little tipsy at a party, yes. she just yeah. <laughs> And Gab you got bad moving at her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. And Corin's like, hey man, go for it. You know, just right. make sure you put on your antihistamine cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Yeah, so a very yeah, important I had to, part of this I book. had to bring it around to there. Yeah. A very important part of this book is that we learned that Corin <laughs> likes to give out love advice and is a certified love doctor. <laughs> so there has to be an alternate universe somewhere where Corin is actually the star of Sex in the City and is just a horrible sex columnist. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the actual universe. So. <laughs> is that canon? It's probably canon. That was his retirement. That was his retirement strategy. Yeah. Well, then we have to name. Then we have to cast the rest of the girls because now I have to. (laughs) And I'm probably the only person who knows enough about Sex in the City to do this. I've never. No, Brian, you do. Wes is Samantha. Hobby is um, (laughs) Charlotte. Hobby is Charlotte. Um, and Noara is Miranda. Yes. I can't. Are they both lawyers? I just did that. Yes, yes Miranda is a lawyer. lawyer. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> Samantha is the sex crazed one, so that yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wow. And 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 Charlotte is like kind of the. Like, Unfortunately, the only people one. on this podcast, or the only person on this podcast <laughs> who might understand that is Megan J. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I moving on. Hobby, at least. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. Moving no, on. No, Gavin would be Charlotte. Gavin would be Charlotte. Okay, someone <laughs> someone who's better at art than I am, please do a drawing of Corn as Carrie, Wes as Samantha, Gavin as um, Charlotte, and Noara as Miranda. Thank you. Rogue Sex I think the podcast over. just got officially hijacked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> you know the risks when you invite us. <laughs> so then the Republic fleet comes in <laughs> to attack Coruscant and fairly easily take control of Coruscant thanks to the ultimate sacrifice of Cornhorn. Oh, but surprise, he's not actually dead. Everyone just thinks he is. And we what find a surprise. Cor- I know, right? We find Corin in the epilogue, <laughs> very naked and yeah. very tied up. <laughs> in a very dark room. Wait, I would you... like it to be known that in our notes, naked is bolded and very <laughs> large. <laughs> very large. Very important to note that Corrin is naked, and he knew that he was on a spaceship because of the vibrations. Gentle vibrations. <laughs> the gentle vibrations. <laughs> and Isard walks oh, in and God. says, "Comfortable," and he replies, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> so. He's he's on his way to the Sankia to become Isard's newest plaything. Uh, Good job, Corin. Goals I, I, achieved. I will, I will say the first time I read this series, I actually did say, "God damn it!" When Corin <laughs> turned out to not be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, yeah, we, were, we were talking last week about what that must have been like because, like, all of us obviously know that Corin survives mm-hmm. through this well, book. These so, are like, the first expanded universe books I read. So right, I that, didn't know that moment where it seems like he dies. Like for us, it was really anticlimactic because we like knew he wasn't. I kind of wish I had been able to read this book without knowing that mm-hmm. for that exact reason. Yeah, the, it definitely. I think Wedge's Gamble probably has the biggest cliffhanger ending of all of the Rogue books. Mm, no, it's probably Crytos Trap, really? just because mm, yeah. it wasn't widely announced that oh, Mike yeah, Stackpole was writing a fourth book. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's rude. It, yeah. Don't worry, good. guys, it was a fourth book. <laughs> it was good. It was good. 
Oh, okay. Um, it should also be mentioned that Corin is naked in this scene. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I didn't catch it. Did you say Corin's naked in this scene? He's 100% See? buck naked. <laughs> See, I can't laugh about it because I know how crazy Isarda is, and it just makes me cringe. She's nuts. But did you catch he's naked? Yes, because she's nuts. She's because like Kylo he, Ren. I, I, I just want please to stop saying it. nuts. <laughs> Appropriately weird. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jay. All right, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. So, this is not going to help us be any less weird, but let's move on to the discussion question. Well, before we do that, let's not forget a very important thing that happened here. Tycho has been arrested for the murder oh, of Corn Horn. Great. This was the moment when I important said, right now because Corn is naked. See, <laughs> see, that was the moment I, I true crime. <laughs> <laughs> see, I had I I read I knew Corn was also alive because I had read other books with him, and I was like, um, I but I didn't know the whole Tycho thing, and so that was the part when I went, God damn it, because I still stressed out about it. Oh, so you're you are going to hate the next book, Heath. I'm just telling you right now, you are going to hate it. <laughs> Good. Thanks, Mike. So, so <laughs> Heath, were you reading this on a Kindle? Yes. D- d- how close were you actually breaking your Kindle? <laughs> Pretty close. I was so mad. So mad. It's just like <laughs> not... It is not okay what is happening to Tiger. How much do you hate Elder Kraken right now? Pretty, oh. pretty deeply. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I think that once this trial is done, we'll hopefully be able to fully be past the whole can we trust him thing. Like, I think it almost had to come to this so that they can prove once and for all that Tycho's good, and then we'll be able to move on and let Tycho actually bloom into a beautiful, fully fleshed-out rogue. Okay, but (laughs) here's the thing. Cornhorn is not a rational human being. (laughs) So regardless of, like, the outcome of this trial or, like, what Tycho is able to prove, Corn is still going to be unreasonable about this. It's just, it's it's his thing. Is he... Corrin's on Casa de Lusankia for who knows how long now. Maybe he doesn't matter. One can hope. Maybe he Maybe becomes the spy. Oh. Maybe he was the spy all along. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it was all in the head of some kid holding a snow globe. That is your go-to thing for everyone. You need to find a new joke. Actually, it was all a dream, and Green Acres was just in this dude's head. <laughs> well, that's sad. You need new material. Actually, Tycho shot JR. <laughs> you need new material. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. Love you. I want a new podcast where I haven't used this material before. <laughs> I can recycle it. Nope. Pretty sure they're all the same listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of overlap. <laughs> Okay, so yes, Tycho has been arrested, but he is going to get a public trial, and we will most likely get to see Noir Event, Attorney at Law, in action again. Yeah! So, very you know, important. It's, it's interesting, um, that the public trial thing here in uh, this book actually was a similar theme brought over into Aftermath, where the new, where the new oh, Republic yeah. decides, okay, you know what, we're going we're gonna to take the high road here, and we will give... 
fair and impartial trials to Imperial agents and people we suspect of being Imperial agents. I actually agents. mentioned that last week. I do remember that, because when it happened in this, I was like, oh, it's like an aftermath, because for me, the new canon is what I know, so this old Expanded Universe stuff is just like, kind of like rediscovering things that are similar to what I do know, but also very different. Yeah, I mean, the, the old Expanded Universe took logical steps that made sense then, and still make sense now, so you'll see a lot of that mirrored in the new canon, in the new literature, because what writers did 20 years ago still makes sense. Actually, one of the things that make the X-Wing books really, really cool is that Stackpole is writing about what happens when rebels become a government, and you start seeing the transition and the issues they have to face, like having these public trials or having a lot more politics playing to it. So for those of us who like space politics, there's a lot more where that comes from. Yeah, so it'll be really cool to compare sort of the politics background radiation of life debt to the x-wing books as well and now i'll give the show back to meg (laughs) thank you (laughs) so on to probably the worst part of the show and by worst i mean best is the open-ended discussion questions that all of us or whoever wants to answer are going to answer so to start off a little more seriously how have your feelings about anything changed from book one to book two of the series I'll go first. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> when um, when I read the series the first time, book one was a real slog for me. It was really book two where I got into the series, I got into the characters, and I was really invested in moving forward. Um, I and that's makes me wonder. Okay, should wedge or should uh, Rogue Squadron have been written a little differently, or was it really a necessary book altogether? But ultimately, Wedge's Gamble is what got me, and I think a lot of other readers picking up the series to continue the X Wing novels. Um. Yeah, I agree. If I hadn't had the podcast for book one, I don't know how motivated I would have been to pick up book two. But now I'm totally in it, and I think oh. book one was like a really awesome introduction to the series. Uh, like just laying out the pieces and introducing the characters and, and getting us into the head of good old Cornhorn. But book two is really <laughs> like a, like a solid adventure with a clear arc from start to finish. And like the whole undercover ops going on there. Like it was just, it was a really good story and I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I'm glad you all had the podcast because there have been so many times where I've had to tell friends, no, please, I promise stick with it. Get to book two. And it's all better from there. Mm-hmm. I will say that as soon as I finished Wedge's Gamble, I wanted to immediately start book three. Like, that second. I just wanted to dive right in. Which isn't something I was necessarily feeling after book one. If I'm honest, I'm still not entirely into it. But I am very hard to actually get into books and series. Like, it is nearly impossible so the fact that well the podcast is keeping me going and i am enjoying it as i read it but if i didn't have the podcast even after book two i probably would still like not have the motivation to keep going if i'd even made it this far so i am glad for the podcast because i'm enjoying the characters and stuff but it's not entirely my thing i just really like the trashy romance and the and the characters basically (laughs) i'm not gonna lie that's what's keeping me going no and i i totally get that and as one of the biggest fans of this series, I acknowledge it's a hard series to get into. Yeah, It's not my kind of, because I really love sci-fi military stuff, but it's not really that um, in the way that I like. Like, it's got 
fights and stuff, but it's not what I want. Like, I like it's, the big strategic naval battles yeah. with, like, the big ships, not the little dogfighting things. Um, so I think so much this isn't getting me in because of that. Also, right. at and, least 50% of this book is written inside the head of a character who's just really hard to get behind. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. help. And the You're fact that, like, every time Lady comes 90s. along, she's slender every time. Yeah. But I am liking, like, I admit, like, the first book didn't get me in so much. This book has gotten me in more with all of the cool ladies that they've introduced and having more building up on the crew, the rogue squadron people. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Um, so I'm I, looking forward to the next book to get more of that. I, I will say for my money, Kratos Trap is the best book of the four-book rogue squadron arc. Yeah, Wedge's Gamble was actually my favorite of, of the Stackpole first four books, and I think it's because we get a lot more of an ensemble cast. It's kind of a heist-slash-infiltration you know, uh, infiltration mission, and just way back in the 90s, this was the first time we really got to look at Coruscant. Like, it was a big mystery to us. It's been referenced in a couple of books, but this was the first time we got to see it, so I'm actually kind of thinking maybe it's a lot more interesting, too, from a pre-prequel perspective. Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's also at a disadvantage that we're reading this now that all the new canon is coming out, which is, like, just doing such an awesome job of representing diversity. And, you know, it's it's hard to read these books and, and judge them from the perspective of a, of a mid-90s reader versus, you know, what we're getting from Star Wars now from that perspective. Yeah. But as, jarring. Yeah, as a person who is reading these, I mean, I read these books not when they were coming out, but a few years later, I will say that they were definitely the books i appreciated most um and um, other than you know zon's books but zon stackpole and alston tended to write like together and share characters and stuff and i very much appreciated that they had more female characters Mm -hmm. um and i mean looking it's definitely one of those things you have to look at is when the books were coming out because like you know in 1996, having characters like Mirax and Yella were wonderful, and now you're like, all right, we need more, uh, more, more female characters. And they, they, there, there are some more in uh, Aaron's books. Um, and then it, the X-wing books are kind of a series that gets better as they go on. Even like Mercy Kill came out just a few years ago, and and you know was wonderful. So. There are definitely books that get better the more you go on. Yeah, it is hard, like, knowing that back when they were written, they were good for (laughs) representation of women and stuff. Because reading it now, I'm like, why should I even bother? Because I could just go find something else that matches Mm -hmm. what I like now. But I am enjoying them still. Even if at times I'm just like, stop stop describing them as slender. Stop making them all so pretty. Just make them normal women. And also, like, to put it into perspective, like, prequels hadn't even come out yet. So, like, a lot, I know a lot of people didn't know why character, why people were so mad about, like, Mara, Jade being not canon and stuff. And we're like, okay, go back to 1991 when you had Leia and no one else. Was um, I even alive when these books started? Uh, oh, God, sap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go crawl in the corner. <laughs> well, ex- the first ro- X-Wing book came out in 96, wasn't okay, it? Yeah, I was, I was alive. Yeah, uh, Heir to the Empire came out in 91. But, um, 
God. God. Steph, <laughs> why would you say something like that? I'm going to go cry myself yes. to sleep. We're all, we're all old now. Thanks, Steph. Let's move on to the next question. Yeah, let's talk about more <laughs> things. Who is the spy? Boffins. Boffins are all spies. <laughs> You're not wrong. They are. I, I, yeah, uh, Nancy, Jay, and I will uh, excuse ourselves from this conversation. <laughs> yes. You guys have some fun. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot. I think I've, I still stand by my position, and I expect Saf still stands by hers. Goes <laughs> again, Danny. Rissati. This one we're... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why she was so quiet this book. She's spying. Yeah, she's, she's, she's scheming. She's doing a really good job of being a spy, yeah. yeah. I'm still, yeah, I'm still thinking of racy. I'm with, I'm with Danny. Oh. With M-Tray as a dark horse. <laughs> like a buck on M-Tray for that. <laughs> good. That's good. I'm glad. Um, so, Mick, I also... Who did I, you think it was? Like, when you were first reading the books? I don't remember. Oh. Um, so I don't want to say anything. Do any of the rest of you remember? Maybe. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nope. So we're going to move on to the next question where <laughs> even if he isn't the spy, do you think Tycho was compromised at Lusankia? Yes. No. Maybe. Oh! oh! Fight, fight, fight. There'd We've... be no reason to do what like what Isat did if she wasn't trying to compromise him in some way. Like she must have done something or else there'd be no reason for what she did. Well, you... um, unless they're just trying to mess with them, which is possible too. Yeah, what? she's totally conniving enough to just, like, go through this whole scheme just to mess with them. And, like, tear, I mean, to use an Ultron quote, tear them apart from the inside. Like, <laughs> You would, Heath. <laughs> I know. What about you, Danny? What do you think? Um, Maybe so, maybe not. Thanks, Danny. Wow, very <laughs> insightful. Very opinionated. I haven't put a lot of thought in this I read one. these books... I was very much in Camp Heath where I just loved Tycho too much to even consider the possibility that he was compromised. See, my favorite thing is characters being really good, but then having to do bad things for some reason, like being torn apart by, you know, like some brainwashing or something. Like, I'm into that, so I want that to happen because it's great. I want the pain. Oh, man. You will love the the Wraith books. (laughs) Good. I will say that the first time I read these books, and this is going to be a little scandalous, but I, I was uh, siding with the, or sorry, the rogue books. I was siding with the rebels and Tycho's, <gasps> oh. from Tycho's very first chapter with Corrin in, in Rogue Squadron, where they have that conversation. I'm like, yeah, he he can't be a traitor. It's just like that quality of, of nobility that even Corrin detected straight up. I like it. I, I, I do also have to say that, um, First time I read through the books, I wasn't convinced Tycho was a spy just because Corrin's deductive reasoning was so bad. It's so right, bad. and that's fair. That's, like he doesn't have to be a spy, but he could be. Compromised. I wasn't even. I wasn't even convinced he was compromised because that's how bad Corrin is at his job. Yeah, I think I have to side with Heath on this just because if, like, if if they even give Corrin a little bit of being right here, like he will be insufferable for the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that may have act- not, Danny. That may right. have actually colored my view more than anything else. I didn't want Corn to be so freaking insufferable. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I, I will. Where I'm at. I will quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, how about a much happier topic? <laughs> and what we're really here for, how does everyone feel about the current or possible romances of the rogues? Yes, yeah. I've been waiting to talk about trash romance this whole book. Trash romance. Cue the sax. So, yep, do the, cue the saxophone. So we have, we already know that Nawara and Rosati are an item. And unfortunately, you don't see much of them, this book, except Rosati doing her best Aracy impression. And... <laughs> Like having some brain tails. That's pretty much pretty much all you see them together, which is disappointing. But they were always kind of that covert couple anyway. Yeah. You like the couple in the sitcom that is either already married or like about to be married. Mm-hmm. Like they're the one that just stays together throughout the oh entire my. sitcom and you're just like, Okay. Like, oh my they're, god, they're, they're the, the really marshal of this book. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make a how I met your mother reference today. I'm very happy. <laughs> Don't bring that joke around me. But um, they are those those characters. Yeah. Well, and then of course our favorite triangle, Mirax and Corin and Aracy. They can both do so much better than Corin. I have a lot of. <laughs> why not just be gay? Why why Corin? <laughs> why not just be gay? <laughs> That's my general solution to these things. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. I mean, a convent is better than Corrin, so... There's not much that isn't. (laughs) See, after after Luke and Mara, Mirax and Corrin was my Legends OTP, so I have a lot of feelings about them. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna want Mirax to be gay this entire time. (laughs) She's not. Unless she and Mara had a thing, which could have been possible, honestly. I'm into that. Her and Mara. Her and Mara were BFFs. We kind of got left on a cliffhanger on this one, too, because Corrin asked Mirax out, and then Corrin flirted with Aracy, and now Corrin mm-hmm. is naked. So. Typical. <laughs> That's Typical usually what happens in this situation. And now Corrin is naked with neither of them. So. Typical Corrin asks though. someone out, gets distracted, winds up naked with someone else. Happens to me every Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> Please note that Wait, Wednesday is when we record Rogue Podrin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Thursday for me, okay, so I'm safe. Oh, I was like, Saf, what are you wearing? Is it nothing? (laughs) It's nothing. This is getting weird. We've gone too far. Appropriately weird? (laughs) No, probably inappropriately weird. Probably, yeah. We're we're towing the line pretty close tonight. (laughs) We definitely are. So, yeah, like, the important parts here was that Corin asked Senpai to notice him, and Mirax (laughs) accepted his feelings. (laughs) But then he goes and flirts with Aracy, and then he's dead and naked. So Why really, do we don't like know that? what happened. <laughs> Why, we could Corrin? just start the cycle over in the next book. It's all so Corrin. <laughs> well. So Corrin. Again, Corrin Horn, the worst sex columnist in the galaxy. <laughs> or best. Whatever. <laughs> I wish him and I start a happy future together. Oh, <laughs> God. They, they, they okay. deserve each other. That reminds me, there was a part in one of the episodes when Saf, you said you couldn't wait for Corn <laughs> to meet oh Sarn, and Brian and I were in the car and we went, no, 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 you don't, no, you don't. This is exactly what I wanted. I'm so <laughs> happy. You, want, you wanted Corin naked, strapped <laughs> to a torture, torture table. Okay, no, that's that, that, that's not. Ter- I want it to be hilarious. Like gentle vibrations. It was. Saf <laughs> literally said all those things. Did you miss it? Yeah. 
<laughs> that was her exact no, prediction. Did you edit that part out? I must have, yeah. What, <laughs> Eddie? Eddie? Dang! What? <laughs> Damn it, Eddie! Was fired, what? Eddie. Yeah, no. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> who was Eddie? <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say I wanted I wanted the meeting to be funny for me. Like, didn't mean it'd be funny in the book. And I also wanted um, I sat to have all of the power and Corin be useless. And this is exactly what I wanted. So I'm. So you got both your wishes. The naked Protoss. No. Wow, you silenced us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, the wait, next couple. Wait, yeah. <laughs> the next couple, which was alluded to, is Winter and Tycho. I need it. Sorry, he. I'm sorry. It's not you. <laughs> it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I just I need it to happen. I want. Yeah, it. me too. That's just an it's too attractive couple. <laughs> they are too skilled, too attractive, too perfect. Can, can I make a a, a, a Wackball reference here, or would that be inappropriate? Jay! What? No! But it's the best. No, it's not the best. It is the opposite of the best. It's the worst. Uh, it's it's not actually a spoiler for no, any of these books. No. It's not. It's, it's a spoiler wh- for the freaking Jedi Academy trilogy that Heath well, is not, reading. I'm right currently now. reading it. It's not a spoiler. No, it's not. It's more of a fan. There's a fan in joke that Winter and Akbar have a thing for each other, so it created this ship, Wackbar, and I love it. Oh no! Oh my god! It's oh terrible. God! If you go through the Club Jade archive, she has a uh, lovely little photoshopped <laughs> image of Winter <laughs> going does. in for a kiss on Akbar. Let me see if I can yes! find it. Yes. Let me see if I can find it. Admiral Akbar, the, the Mon Kalahati. <laughs> Winter is totally into the Mon Kalahati. Should so, I quote? If I ship Meg and Akbar, does that make it Macbar? Yes, it does. Yes. yes. I appreciate that. Back to Winter and Taiko, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really want Winter to like show up at the courtroom with like signs, like "Go, Taiko, we believe in you. Taiko, we know you're innocent." I want her to become like his biggest supporter and fan. I I, I mean she. She definitely would be the a huge supporter, but I, I feel like Wedge would be a bigger supporter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I Which feel is like why Wedge... I'm still shipping Wedge and Tycho personally. Yeah, yeah. I feel hey, like yeah, Wedge too. would also be the type to just like, while the trial is happening, just like kind of put his blinders on and stay neutral and just like let it work itself out. I, he, I, I, I linked... he like would like rise above it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I linked Heath to my. TFA era Wedge and Tycho are an yes, old married did. couple pick. Yes, I, I'm, I'm totally on the Wedge and Tycho ship wagon. Found it. Oh my god, there it is. It's glorious. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you gotta put that in the show notes. Meg, actually you want, do, yeah. Meg, do you want me to Photoshop be... you in there? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, did Jay find it already? Yeah. Damn it. I found yeah. it. He beat me. I, I, no, yeah. Sass found uh, Dunk's whack bar image. Yeah, that's I just put it in the show notes. That Photoshop is the k- gift that keeps on giving. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so into it. Beautiful. And speaking of being into it, there's another couple that's not a couple yet, but could be a couple, and that's Gavin and the sexy Bothan, a seer, slender okay. Bothan. Gavin, I want it. 
Gavin, if you want this to work out, you will ignore everything Corin said. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every oh, God, last please. word. Just put it out of your mind. Do not think about it. Corin never said anything. Never, ever, ever listen to him. <laughs> Good words of advice. Go for yes, it, Gavin. Gavin and Seer. Make your dreams come true. <laughs> I thought they were cute. They are cute. They're very cute. Gavin is adorable. Gavin's adorable. He's like a little puppy. And yeah, I like that Asir is like so confident and commanding on her own. And like Gavin kind of has to rise to her level, which I really like that dynamic. And I like that it's a human and an alien. Because yes. it's a real yes. shame that Rosati's the spy, because that means that eventually Noir Rosati's not going to be a thing anymore. But I'm glad that we have Gavin Asir to kind of fill that hole for us. Yep. I'm so glad that I really wanted... instead of people commenting on my use of the term fill that hole for us. Danny. <laughs> Danny. I was that's waiting my for Heath to say silence. something, so that's my I, I, know, I was waiting for Heath on that, too. Uh, I wanted, yeah, I, I was want being Gavin good for a change. And, I want Gavin and Riv to be together, but Same I know that will never happen. <laughs> Too progressive. Uh, Gavin and Riv would be adorable, but I, I feel like in this book, Gavin and Riv are more... Gavin and River more the pub buddies. They're like, yeah, brother. but they they could still be gay. They they totally could. <laughs> Saf's <laughs> motto, to be honest. Oh my yeah. god! I'm sorry. I just thought of something really adorable and weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By all means, continue. <laughs> what if? So Gavin and Riv in their BFF land. Gavin gives Riv like like baths because of like being all super furry and stuff. <laughs> that is um, weird. And he does that to a seer too, and it's so cute. <laughs> um, now I have the mental image of Gavin giving Riv a bath and being like, "Dear God, Riv, what have you been rolling around in?" Oh, so good. Um, anyway, I'll give you that. I'm cringing really hard. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. The next couple we have is Saf and you know, I, I'm actually more in favor Good of the Saf in Neri Isard OT3 myself. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Ew. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Isard is awful. Jake agrees with me. Yeah, I, I can't stand her. <laughs> what? Isn't she She's like not, I love the her. perfect She's... Imperial, though? No. She, she just gave Coruscant to the rebels. How can she be a perfect? Imp- I'm so mad. I'm still <laughs> because not over she's it. like exterminating entire races of aliens in the process. No, I, I, I'm not a Kratos fan. She's and... not the proper heir. She's not either left Pilopides. Either left We, like, bastard we all know that the proper Coruscant heir to somewhere. the Empire is actually. <laughs> it's, no, it's no. The Emperor's grandniece. <laughs> the no, the one true heir to the to Coruscant in the Empire is actually Ken, Ken Palpatine. Palpatine. Ugh, he's what illegitimate. Is Ken Palpatine? Ken? Oh my God! Oh, you don't know Ken Palpatine. You don't know the you don't know the glove of Darth Vader. This isn't a spoiler. We can talk about this. Uh, no, you have to Ken? read. My, you I have read, to read. I read two read chapters my. of the glove of Darth Vader and then stopped reading the glove of Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm going to link you to my read-through on Tashi Station. One of the earliest things we did on Tashi Station is I, I, I paid for and sent Nancy used copies of the Jedi Prince books. And I, <laughs> I'm had, out. Her, I had her do a series of blog posts recapping those books. Uh, How we're married now I is know. just I was just going to say. It's a good question. That's amazing. All right. Putting it in the show notes. 
You can read that at your leisure. <laughs> yep. Have drinks ready. <laughs> and yep. I needed drinks to read them. Oh, of course. <laughs> Meg, we need to get to the most important ship. It's true. It's true. It's this is the one that I think no one can say <laughs> that this is not an OTP. And it's Corin and Corin. <laughs> yeah, it's Corin's OTP. It's definitely Corrin's OTP. <laughs> is it a spoiler if I say that they end up happily ever after together? Corrin ends up happily ever after with Corrin. Yes. Uh. And thoughts of Corrin's dad, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, that would have been the only thing that made the epilogue better. I actually appreciate the inversion of the daddy issues trope here. Usually it's right, a yeah. very poorly written female character with daddy issues. This and time it's a- Corrin. No, Male characters have daddy issues a lot as well. It just turns him into Corrin usually. Say, are you calling Luke Skywalker a poorly written female character? Hey! Yes. Wow. Do not. Do not. Hey, that Luke Skywalker won This Is Madness, Danny. Come he on. did. That's true. And to be I... fair, his daddy issues were kind of thrust upon him unwillingly later in life. Yeah. I want to be surprised. Your dad's a genocidal maniac. I want to be thrust upon him. What? Wow. I was going to say, there's a joke about corn in here somewhere, too. (laughs) I had to. Sorry. Corn's just thinking about his dad. Don't worry about it. The last time uh, Nancy and I were invited onto Rogue Podron. (laughs) You never know. Making it worthwhile. That's true. So, speaking of Corin being naked. Do you think that Corrin is going to be able to resist Isard's brainwashing? If so, how? Yes. Here's exactly how this is going to go down. So Isard is going to strap Corrin to the torture table. You shouldn't say go down. (laughs) Corrin is going to start thinking that she's flirting with him. And he's going to go into his brain and have an inner monologue for about 10 pages about whether it's good or bad for him to flirt back with Isard. And then he's going to come out of his monologue and find that Isard has just finished torturing him, but he missed the whole thing because he was too busy monologuing. Yeah. I subscribe to Danny's canon. (laughs) (laughs) And when he's not monologuing, he's thinking about his dad. So it's fine. Yep. He's safe. Always. Thanks, Hal Horn. I will say mm-hmm. my opinion of Corin rose during the Kratos trap. I'm pretty. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what you were gonna say. Saf. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Saf's opinion on Corin is signed, sealed, and delivered. Yep. Yeah, it, it is. I'm pretty sure, like, he could be he could be pretty cool in this one, but I'm still going to be like, what he was for? I'm over I you. Mean, I, I mean, I like pretending to be him. I love Corrin, and I'm still like, whatevs, bro. So it's okay. <laughs> is it possible to hate it's... cosplay someone? Because I feel like when Saf finally cosplays Corrin, it's going to be a major, like, hate cosplay. Well, yeah, she's going to cosplay as Corrin, I'm going to be Mirax, and we're going to be trashy together. <laughs> it's going to be great. Aww. I'm so excited. I want to be Mirax. <laughs> Did, did did you ever see uh, when Nancy, myself, and a couple other people did trashy high school AU, Corin, Mirax, and <laughs> no, but that sounds amazing. Other character cosplay, yeah, amazing. You're getting so trashy. I really want to see Heath in the ARC JLo dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'll do it. Don't we all? <laughs> We need to cosplay as the characters we dramatically read at the panel. <laughs> I'll do it. He, he is Eresy. <laughs> yeah. 
Good. Good. Perfect. Done. So for the last question that I have for you folks, what kinds of trouble do you think the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency force is going to stir up for the rogues? I think Jay should answer this question first. Jay, I need you to do this in character as Percival. (laughs) All right, let's see. (laughs) Curtain lore is probably going to try to reestablish a sense of decorum by using delicately placed, um, you know, stormtroopers and other devices of destruction to help remind people that things were fancier under the Empire and they really missed it. (laughs) Things were fancier. (laughs) I love things being fancy. That's the whole point, Saf. That's how they're getting you. (laughs) Oh, no. Saf is going to be susceptible to this. (laughs) She is. Excellent. (laughs) They'll pull out the fancy champagne and I'll be gone. Oh, no. Oh, the Empire has so much champagne you don't even know. (laughs) We have rations of them. We. We're doomed. <laughs> Seth is going to leave us. Seth is actually the spy. <laughs> it was what? Seth all along. <laughs> it's just for the wine. Oh my gosh. Okay, other kids. Um, I so I think that they, uh, Curtin Lore also because he's a jerk, um, made it so that the Coruscant version of Chipotle's. All out of guacamole. <laughs> Chaos, now man. You have to, tr- you have to pay $2 for it. Yes. Uh, I think that the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency force <laughs> is going to start an online hashtag movement that points out it's really actually about ethics and governing bodies. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Good. bring back the empire. Uh- Hashtag not all Imperials. Oh my gosh. Hashtag feel the palp. (laughs) (laughs) I think I will, sir. (laughs) I don't I don't want to feel that. (laughs) (laughs) That was my answer, by the way. Jay, is it too much of a spoiler to say the thing about Izard? It's not really a spoiler. Meg I could have sworn they mentioned it already. Meg, I'll defer to you. Is it a spoiler or can I say it? Ah, you can say it. Isard had a thing with Palpatine. Oh my god, I'm so disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know why I can't take her why I can't. And suddenly Saf no longer has a thing for Isard. Yeah. Oh no, I still love her. I'm just disgusted. (laughs) To to be more accurate, it's a thing for Palpatine. the rest is just rumor. Uh, I mean not rumor. And why don't you identify with her more then, Jay? What? Why don't you identify with her more then? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. That was low. So that sorry. was low. <laughs> it's I'm real so sorry. Saf wins the podcast. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah. So real. that's why that's why I can't like like Isard at all because that's just wrong. Some people have so, strange yeah. tastes. Some people just like people in power. As Henry, yeah. Kiss- as Henry like Kissinger say, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> uh, not for Corn Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Corn Horn is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Yeah. yeah, right. A mirror is all he needs. <laughs> I uh, want to like that's how he starts gonna break him. Just take away his mirror. <laughs> I legitimately want to meet Corin. Like I want to meet the actual Corin. And see if he could seduce me. Like, I'm curious <laughs> if he actually is that charming in real life. 
does he have that charisma or something? Is that how it works? Like, we're just reading his words so we can't feel it? Somehow he gets all the ladies. How does he we're do it? I want to know. He didn't ask Mike this question. New, new theory. Isard seduces Corn with the clone of Corrin. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, I want to say something here, but I can't. Nope. Damn it. I'll tell Jay, Jay, I'll tell you later. Okay. It's oh. really good. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Thanks, Papa Palpatine, counterinsurgency force. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe for work, insurgency force. Yeah, right? Ugh, no thanks. No thanks. Did any of our guests or our regular rogues have any other questions they want to pose to the group? Mm, I don't think so. I think, what are you guys expecting to see in Kratos Trap? Or what do you hope to see in Kratos Trap? A not Holy guilty ladies. verdict. <laughs> Less melty Gamorians. <laughs> we are all so typically ourselves. Every time. Saf, just say gay. <laughs> just say it. I, I want I want I want it to be gay and I want lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry, but there's a reason that people made a big deal about aftermath. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. But it's gay in my head and that that's what counts. <laughs> that's beautiful, Seth. That's an evergreen statement, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, I already know what happened, so I can't tell you. Mara! <laughs> Sorry, we just got ambushed by Mara the dog. Is that a tail? Yes, it is a tail. Wow. She says we're... we're, we're You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah. She has well, a time. She, she has a built-in timer. Because <laughs> we are basically done too, and so that wraps it up for our discussion for State of the Squadron. Heath, I think we have a good question to pose to our listeners this week. We do. Let's, it's it's one. It's one that you just heard us answer. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what you all come up with. Um, what kinds of trouble do you think the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency force is going to stir up? Go for Papa Palpatine. <laughs> the best. If you want to answer this question, you can hit us up on our Twitter, at Rogue Podron. You can find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. You can email us, roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. To listen to our episodes, you can subscribe by the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, and Feedburner. Nancy and Brian, do you want to plug yourselves? Yeah, you can find us. <laughs> You can find our crap at Tashi-Station.net. We got podcasts. We got blog posts. If you can put up with us, just go there. And you're now officially a Star Wars fan site because, or a Star Wars podcast network because you have Saf on more than half of your podcasts, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> and yes, Jay, just, where are you just... from? I write for 1138. That's 11-38. Dot com spelled out or dot net. I think it's dot net. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this for you. Anything of note that you've written recently, Jay? Um, yes, but I don't remember. Also, Jay, it's eleven hyphen thirty eight dot com. Dot com. I knew it. I knew it. Always going to get Jay. I, I, I your guy. Mike's got fire. He, 
He is the best ambassador. <laughs> it's okay. Websites can't listen to podcasts, so you're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today for State of the Squadron number two. Next time, which may be in one week, maybe in two weeks, we haven't decided yet. We'll be back for a very special episode. Oh. We'll be back for a very special episode of Rogue Podron with very special guest Sarah Dempster covering the new hotness Poe Dameron number one. We'll also, oh. now that we're going to have a Rogue One trailer, we'll do that too. And we'll also have the chapter breakdown for X-Wing the Kratos Trap. And with that, this is Rogue Podron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 Okay. <laughs> if you love like that, blood run is bigger than But no, real talk. With this like new podcast I'm doing, I think technically I'm a professional podcaster. Nice. What? Wait. What <laughs> wow. Did I miss an announcement? Yeah. Uh, yeah um. The the force cast people, me and Megan and Paul, are on a Den of Geek podcast now. Blaster oh. Cannon. Oh. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. We've had we haven't been able to talk about it for like a month or so, and it's been driving me nuts not being able to talk about something. Yeah. yeah, Megan mentioned it, exactly. but she didn't yeah. say what it was. She just yeah. said something. Uh, Saf, I'm sorry I can't pay you for Dice and Droids and Western Reaches, but I'll <laughs> buy you a drink for the next celebration or something. <laughs> That's all I need, really. <laughs> a cheap date. I am, it's true. <laughs> Get you a bag of limes. We pay her double for Rogue Podron to make up for you guys, so. <laughs> they give me extra limes. Yes, extra <laughs> limes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. So okay, we're all ready. Let's pod the cast. Let's pod the cast. So many balls. So many balls. <laughs> so little time. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>